My favorite casual reading material, when I'm not reading theology in my office all day, my favorite casual reading material is online advice columns. I love them. Everyone from Carolyn Hacks at The Post, Philip Galanis at The Times, Cheryl Strayed, Dear Abby. When I was younger, a friend of mine gifted me with a a large book called Amy Vanderbilt's Complete Book of Etiquette, mostly because we enjoyed laughing at some of the old-fashioned customs and expectations of the day, but I'm always wondering about things. I'm always wondering about what is the right thing to do in a situation? What should be done? Would I agree with the advice given? I spend an extraordinary amount of my time contemplating the existence of rules. I love rules. I think rules are in place to ensure the smooth functioning of society. They are facilitators of justice and bring a genuine standard of respect and decency. I love rules so much that the idea of breaking them sends my heart a flutter. I have never understood the intention or even desire to break rules. Now, my obsession with rules has gotten me into some sticky moments. I've made myself so anxious about doing the right thing that I've completely missed out on the joy in my life and the grace that can be found after making my many mistakes. I've been in places where I have been blinded by trust in the integrity of rules. I have found myself judgmental and rigid, usually out of anxiety over my own inherent goodness. And Jesus, my never-failing friend, has helped me when I become convinced that unless I do everything perfectly, I am not deserving of respect or love. I go before you always, so the hymn goes. Now, to condense this story of self-awareness, I will just tell you that my faith has absolutely not cured my interest in rules or guidelines. I still deeply believe that they can be, and often are, good. Which leads us to a complicated paradox when considering scripture, because the Bible is full of rules. Thou shalt not kill. Follow my commandments. Tell the people of Israel. Feed my sheep. We are a tradition full of what we think are rules, but is, is that what we really want to call them, rules? What does God command the people of Israel at Sinai? They respond, everything that the Lord has said we will do. Well, is what the Lord says, are those rules? Are Jesus' commandments rules? Are Paul's exhortations to the early church rules? I'll argue that no, they aren't, for the most part, because rules seems like a reductive word, something that you would find like on a sign posted at a swimming pool or a playground, or rules refer to sports or board game pamphlets or grammar. I have to imagine there is a better word than rule. Commandment, perhaps, expectation, Norm, statute, law. 
Now, I did consult a thesaurus in this endeavor, and the word that really jumped out to me that I'd like to suggest for us is the word imperative. An imperative is something we must do, and we must, we must listen to what God and Christ teach us in Scripture. Jesus says, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. That's just a few of the many things Christ instructs his disciples to do in our gospel text. I wonder if they ever questioned these imperatives. And I have to think that they did, that they had to garner some amount of trust in order to take on all these instructions. Because there are some directions that are easy to follow and then others that are not. We, human beings, we have a hard time being told what to do. By God, by scripture, and especially by people who interpret the commandments from God to create sets of rules that we just don't agree with. And I think we have a hard time with scriptural imperatives because, this sounds simple, but because they're really hard to do. They are hard to remember and even harder to carry out to perfection. How can God possibly expect so much of me? Certainly, something must be wrong with what God asks. But God does expect marvelous things from us. My own relationship with laws and rules has taught me that perfection is rarely the goal, never the goal. And I believe the same is true with God's imperatives. How else can we see the story of God's people? We hear in Exodus today, so Moses came and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. The people all answered as one, Everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Well, guess what? They didn't. They didn't do that. They don't even come close most of the time. We don't even come close most of the time. And yet, do we remember what the greatest commandment is from Deuteronomy 6? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. The point of God's imperatives is not that we do them perfectly so that we can be above reproach. The point is to align everyone towards the same eventual reality, which is the kingdom of God. Perhaps imperatives from God are not restrictive, but actually freeing. Agents of liberation. The intention for us to love God with all our hearts, minds, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, is not to hold up a measuring stick to determine how worthy any of us are. The intention is to orient us, to stretch us, to challenge us, and to help us come even a little bit closer to that fulfillment. It is imperative that we do everything that the Lord has spoken. 
And when we fall short, which inevitably we will, we try again. The presence of commandments is not meant to limit or oppress us, but to set us free from other structures that do not have love at the heart of them. All rules and laws in our world should be interrogated for their faithfulness to justice and equality and love. For there are many, many rules that protect the mighty and are stacked against the least of us. We must not turn earthly laws into sacred cows, but we must remember God's instructions. For us, may all of our rules keep God's imperatives at the core, that we love God with everything that we have, that we love ourselves, and we love our neighbors. Eliminating rules will not help us get there. But embracing the ones we have will. Perfection and salvation have no relationship. Paul says, but God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It is so easy to die for somebody good, but it is much harder to die for sinners, which is what Christ did. An essential part of being a Christian, I think, is to take our place on a team, a very imperfect team, but one that strives to bring about God's kingdom. Obedience is part of this call. And in our efforts to be as loving as we can, we must not think that love is devoid of expectation. For everything God has commanded and everything we must do has love at the center. In the name of God. Please stand. <clears throat> 